Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 55. This is going to be one of my audacious Aaron reviews, or AAR number four on the 2023 SWAT challenge. We literally just finished today. I'm beat up. I'm sunburned. I got spray paint on me. I'm chafing in spots that I haven't chafed in a long time. But first, I got to tell you about Anchor. All right, guys, and maybe a gal or two, we're back. So I'm going to go through this kind of classic military style. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you, then tell you, but hopefully be kind of in-depth with it and be a little entertaining, um, and then kind of go back over it again. So this is just my individual review. This is the same thing we did last year, Um, and then I'll break it down with uh, Thomas, or Brewer, or Corey at a later date, and I might even try to get some teams input. Um, I didn't get to record while I was there, because even though things did go a little smoother logistically, um, it was still just like, just so tiring at the end of the day, you want to make sure you're squared away for the next day, just how I try to not release podcasts when I'm like too tired and feel shitty and don't put a good product out, which I'm very close to today, but I said I was going to do it. So I got my glass of celebratory Blanton's and I'm going to break this down for y'all. So <clears throat> if you hear me typing around, I'm messing with my phone at the same time I'm recording. So First day, day one, um, which was February 21st, which was Tuesday, um, I did a two-hour check-in. Um, some of the vendors were there. Uh, bottom line came a little later. Um, Glock was there just at the beginning of the day, so some of the um, sponsors weren't there the whole time. Um, depending on who you talk to, they'll say, oh, I think they should be here at the beginning. I think they should be here the whole time. I think, you know, asking a vendor to be somewhere for three days straight for, uh, you know, a place they're not, like, it's not SHOT Show, right? I mean, this is a South Carolina SWAT competition, so you can't really expect some people to uh, come out there for all three days. Some people want it at the end. Um, We'll probably ask, you know, offline about some of that stuff and then have some conversations with sponsors in the future and, and, what they can do to facilitate that with what uh, some of the guys wanted. Um, while that was also going on, uh, we had a zero zero range going. Um, that's for more of the long distance guys, um, or if anybody like was switching optics or something got bumped around in travel or whatever. But that was mostly for the snipers. Um, then there was a break for lunch. All the meals were supplied, um, except breakfast. We didn't. You had to. You're kind of on your own thing and. A lot of people in this profession aren't really like big breakfast people anyway, from what I've noticed. Um, <clears throat> then we had a workshop, um, which kind of the workshop went over, not the exact lanes, but the skills that would be used in those lanes. So further breaking down day one. Now, I was not involved <clears throat> in all of these. Um, I'm also not an instructor in most of them, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bullshit you, but during day one, we broke it down with breaching, repelling, mission planning, 
canine integration and medical. So I was walking around, taking some pictures, talking to people um, during most of this day one, the workshop day. Um, big success. Uh, unless people just lied to my fucking face. They all said that they loved it. They even said that there was certain portions where they wish they had uh, more time. Now, what sections they were talking about, um, if I had to guess, I'd probably guess repelling. Repelling is uh, kind of a tier one skill set uh, through the NTOA. Not a lot of people know how to do that. Not a lot of people necessarily do that. Um, I know there was people... I know Chester... Why would Chester give a shit about repelling? i to be honest. Um, very rural South Carolina, similar to where I'm at, where nine, 90% of the time you're hitting single wides. And, um, you know, it's just... It's, it's pretty simple stuff, actually. So, um, But everybody loved that day. Most of the time, uh, well, I, I, I sat through mission planning twice with Paul from Controlled Chaos. We'll have on here one day, hopefully, if the schedules line up. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, some of that went over some of the guys' heads. You know, some of the some of the older heads in there. Um, you can tell, like, come up with like the planning, like doing doing the reconnaissance, um, having pictures of the place, who's been in there looking at body cam stuff, uh, you know, most recent body cam video. If you've been in that place recently, talk to some of the NARC guys. It's just all like just gathering intel for for a hit. Um, and then <clears throat> having a plan to, I mean, exfil is the, the kind of the military term. We don't, we don't use that in law enforcement. Um, but just usually that's not a, a, a thing. Um, usually you just want to plan for medical and evidence collection and whoever the suspect is and however you would apprehend them. Um, but yeah, it was a smooth, it was a smooth day. Everybody loved it. Like I said, I didn't go to all the stages, so I can't really, but you can just imagine that it goes in depth with the different types of breaching. If it's, you know, dynamic manual, um, repelling, no idea. Did it boot camp once? Didn't like it. Um, <clears throat> canine integration. That's something that uh, Brewer can talk about down the line. Um, there's a lot of people that don't use canines on their team. Some people do. I've seen some where they they're really integrated, where they you know flashbang a flashbang house, and then they're sending the dog in like immediately. Um, seems a little risky to me, but. I don't know all the details of that. And then medical, um, I mean, how in-depth they got in that with um, the individual medics, which we had uh, medics there that um, are literally trauma doctors. So what the fuck are you going to tell that guy? Um, or, you know, maybe they just went over just basic, I'm sure they went over some basic TCCC uh, or TECC. Um, stuff that, you know, kind of everybody should know, like, Hey, do I need to put a tourniquet on this? Do I need to stuff it? Do I need to ice it? Do I need to cover this person? Do I need to reevaluate some of the basic stuff that everybody in first response should be familiar with? Um, and then the end of the day, they always do like the gathering. We had barbecue, um, usually every night at comps like this or a gathering. Um, there's always that one team that kind of drinks a little bit too much <clears throat> North Metro. 
and but they're they're great guys everybody there was great um it's just some of them just really like to party uh you know maybe they're getting away from the old lady they're around all the boys uh, you know, maybe that's just kind of their chance to decompress, which you can see that sometimes too. Um, and it's always a good time because they, you know, get the fire going, different teams get out there. Some of them kind of stay to themselves. Um, some of them, uh, you know, we had two new teams, one did not return. So we had six total. So, Hey man, I saw you last year. What's going on? You've been doing this. You've been doing that. Some of it's about work. Some of it's not, um, but it was a good time. But then the day we had too many, uh, the cadre had too much kind of to go on logistically and some stuff that came up in the first day of hot wash where we couldn't really, um, sit down, network, recorded podcast with somebody, um, like we wanted to, um, again, but it was definitely easier and less stressful getting that kind of that easy first day and then going into competition the next day into day two. Day two, um, no live fire was done in day two. We had an opening ceremony, um, then a team leader meeting, and then we got into the events. <clears throat> and then that was broken down with a lunch in there. And then, of course, you know, you have an AR at the end of the night with everybody. And then a hot wash with the cadre. So some of the courses. Again, I was all over the O course. Um, I love that stuff because it just sucks so bad. Um, You know, run at least a mile, uh, all downhill, pretty rocky, rolly terrain. Go down there to the river over there in Lawrence County. Get your ass kicked by some BJJ guys. Um, also great dudes. Like they're not just completely just choking the shit out of everybody. Um, I mean, they're making it practical, you know, going for your gun, trying to get away, controlling hands, stuff like that. Um, and then usually anybody that was down there that actually, um, practices any type of grappling or whatever, they'll be like, Hey, like I do this. I want to, I want to challenge myself. Like who's like the badass down here. Um, which we had some people do that, which was pretty fucking cool. Um, one thing we changed on the way up, there's a very, very steep hill on the way back up from that range. Anybody that's been there, we added um, added a little dead mannequin down there. Um, some people had litters. Some people didn't. And by litters, I mean it could be there were some people that just used a blanket to carry that guy up there. Some people had the little uh, compact North American Rescue um, litter. Um, basically, that's just a fold-up fabric stretcher. Uh, that's kind of my ape explanation of that for people that don't know what that is. Um, made a huge difference for the teams that knew how to, um, divvy up their manpower, save some energy, uh, you know, knew how to run correctly. If that makes sense. Uh, I'd explain that to a lot of teams. I mean, I'm not a good distance runner, but I know, um, how to survive. So I had to explain to a lot of people, you know, when you're going downhill to use your momentum, not to use a lot of energy, obviously be careful. Cause I mean, it's all, you know, gravel, sand, mud out there. You don't want to overstep and and fuck yourself up, but you want to take advantage of going downhills. When you're going up hills, use your momentum, swing your arms, swing your weapons. 
Um, so we had to touch on that. Um, and then at the end was the normal traditional O course that people think of or a O course type, um, pretty similar to what you see, um, like in Ranger Battalion or in the Marine Corps, um, going over the balance beam, people bitch about that. We might knock that out next year. Um, the more I think about it, the more I'm on a politic for it to be taken out and we'll put something else in there to where it's going to be similar, maybe more similar to the PAT test that we run here in South Carolina, the Academy and anybody that's been through the Academy here knows what I'm talking about. Um, and we only had two out of, out of state teams and they kind of were familiar with, with that test that we run in the PAT. We took out the, <clears throat> for the course, we took out the, I think we had different objects like some sandbags and like cut up telephone poles and ammo cans and, oh, get these across the, and it was, it just didn't really work out. I mean, that's, that's pretty basic military stuff, like with the obstacles and team building and all that shit. Um, but at the end, we just added tire flips down and back, maybe 25 yards, um, that breaks off anybody and everybody. Um, I ran with Greenville at the start of the day. Um, they were the fastest and my legs feel it. And they, they won that individual event and ended up winning the whole thing again, back to back champs. Um, but you can definitely see where some other teams were coming in, figuring it out. Um, Georgia Corrections came in and won three events and got second. And we didn't know any of those people. They reached out to us, found us, and they come in and get second. Uh, it was impressive. Um, next down the line, two-man rappel. Again, I just kind of saw it from the distance. Um, we did have a gentleman get hurt on the practice day, uh, for North Metro Atlanta. Um, that happens. Repelling is always a real pushback of if you practice that or not, but to be kind of considered tier one, that's a tier one skill set. Breacher lane, breacher lane was a good time that I got to go and look at that one. Um, after I got smoked by G Vegas, um, basic, uh, cutting devices for, you know, like a chain or a lock. Um, then you went to the next one that was manual with, uh, with the Ram and Halligan. Then you went to, uh, like a K 12 type saw. Um, and then the very end was the basic ballistic level, which was a shotgun. So you had to get through, um, those four doors as quickly and efficiently as possible. And we had those staged up. There's literally a breacher lane out there now um, where you got like a little gate with a chain. And then there's, um, you know, one of those Gucci training breaching doors um, and then some manufactured ones. Um, there was some, some people really knocked it out. Some people really struggle with it. Um, I think that's one of those things where you definitely have, I mean, all this stuff you have to practice all the time. Um, but breaching you can definitely see like who works on it when you actually see people doing these skills or if you ever have the opportunity to like watch yourself on video kind of like 
and we talked about this for for a different segment um and i'll get to that but watching film like game film um like we do for sports and you're like oh man like i don't i don't feel like i did that but the video is not gonna lie right um so breacher's a quick quick little lane and then they get the practice and they had some vendors down there that have the equipment and the doors and a lot of a lot of um a lot of integration with some firefighters and stuff down there. Um, Best Medic was, a, again, ran by um, Doc or Corey. Um, pretty pretty hectic range. Um, I got to see that in bits and pieces, and, and I heard Corey talk about it a good bit. Um, Scenario-based, um, kind of like... SRT's training down the road, kind of a hot call comes out with man and a gun at a party, um, and you got to respond, um, and it's kind of the the setup was very similar to some scenarios that are run at the academy here in South Carolina. Uh, loud music, get the fog machine going, really chaotic, uh, you know, unknown actors in the in the room. Um, or in the facility or wherever you're practicing. Um, then you got to get that person out of there, make sure they're stable. And then there's lots of grading points for medical. Um, I think this time that was one of the more, it was towards the top of being contested with how it was graded. Is it, is time like doing something as fast as possible for medical? Does that really gauge, um, success? in that type of stage. Um, and I'd have to get with Corey and someone else so we can explain that a little better, have that little debate. <clears throat> Next one on the list was CQB. Uh, we set that up in a shoot house. Um, it wasn't exactly set up how we were expecting. We had to move it to a different location in the uh, quadcon tower for anybody that's been out there which i ran last year which we did it just off of speed th- last year this year it was more in depth you had penalties stuff along those lines um that was ran by uh paul with chaos and brewer with the berg city spartanburg and hurt some feelings in there too because everybody does cqb a, a little different um Everybody has their way, uh, but again, luckily, I mean, when you're in the moment, people, you know, they'll fire back, but after you break it down, it's like, okay, like, I didn't really think about that. Maybe they can integrate that into our stuff. This is what, um, you know, maybe they'll, some of these teams will know in the future what we are looking for, which is maybe going to be different than something they practice, um, which stuff we look for is more um, institutionalized and by the book. Um, if I had to describe it that way to anybody. Um, so that was day two, but the first day of actual, the, the challenge, I'm going to keep on calling it the comp, but it's part of the challenge where you had scored events. Um, I thought a lot of that went smooth. Um, all this stuff we can, of course, tweak. A little bit. There's little little parts of the O course. Um, I would take out. Um, we kind of. 
I think our one gripe was as we kind of we kind of added the mannequin towards the end. Um, and then we had a it was kind of a high speed mannequin like it bled. You had to assess these wounds, um, get a tourniquet on it, get it on the litter when it was just supposed to be like, hey, body up the hill, down the hill. That's it. Um, so kind of changing stuff last minute. Um was sometimes a problem. I think you need to have the ability to do that, be adaptable. It's part of the job. But for a comp, uh, I think it needs to be more set in stone, planned, hashed through, you know, rough draft, second draft, third draft. Um, it needs to be as streamlined and planned as possible, I think. Um, didn't really hear any gripes on two-man repel. Uh well, there was no gripes, but recommendations for that on the back end was um, have a scenario where that's integrated integrated into it, um, which some people wanted scenarios for more of these stages, and it's I could definitely see it developing into having a practicing all these and then having a culminating event at the end where a lot of these are put together maybe not all of them but um culminating event with everything in there would be i I could see us playing with that down the road best medic portion another uh kind of blanket gripe on this one anything that's scored i think it makes a difference uh, when you have the same person scoring the same way for every single team. So we had certain stages where, and this was one of them, where you had one grader grade a certain way and you had another grader grade differently. Or, say, two different instructors had eyes on a team and one of them told something was okay, but then at the end, a different instructor told him something wasn't. Um, I mean, what is that? That's communication. That's just communicating with your people. CQB. A lot of arguments in CQB, um, but just it's just it was just like style and tactics. It wasn't like you're trying to fuck me over or you're trying to give me a slower time because this other team. It wasn't anything like that. It was just tactics. It was like, hey... Anderson County does it this way. Georgia Corrections does it that way. Um, You know, what SWAT schools have these people been to? What do those SWAT schools tell them? What does GTI teach? What does Greenville teach? What does Paul teach? Um, Who's been to a formal SWAT school at all? Um, But, I mean, those conversations are going to be had. Uh, hopefully nobody's feelings got hurt too bad. I didn't really hear about it. Um, but kind of a recommendation for that was to have the, so the shoot house there, um, it's pretty much just a large area walled off by railroad ties. And then we have movable walls and objects on the inside. There's no catwalk, but there is a a tower right next to it. That's, you you can see everything. (laughs) Um, one idea was to have a drone overhead during the graded portion of CQB. So 
if there's any contested uh, spots where people are like, oh, you didn't dig all the way into that corner. You didn't just, whatever tactic they fucked up, whatever Paul and Brewer had, um, you know, hit people with, um, with penalties, it'd be like, all right, man, fucking roll the tape. We'll, we'll roll it back just like a football game. Um, and then at the end of the day, there was something that was started trickling or, uh, a, a minor complaint that got trickled in was how time is scored. Cause there's some stuff where <clears throat> parts of stages and even whole stages where it was like, Hey, if you just got the fastest time, but just because you have the fastest time doesn't mean you were the most efficient, um, you know. You weren't very tactful. Um, you you missed certain things in medical, so you missed certain wounds, but then the penalty didn't offset that type of mistake. And certain mistakes in our profession obviously cost us more than others. So if we could somehow simulate that in competition, then we need, we need to fucking do that. Um, and we're going to break that down with times, and we're going to change penalties on some stuff. Um, and pretty much have more grading portions for accuracy in whatever the skill set is and not necessarily time. Should time be a part of it? Yes. Um, there are some stages where I think your time should be a pass fail element, not a, Hey, just do it the fucking fastest. That has to be in conjunction with whatever your scoring points are. So, medical portion. Should medical be scored by doing it as fast as possible? No, it shouldn't. Um, so, that was just one example that was brought brought up to us. And we had, like, thought about it, but just sometimes, sometimes it's different when it gets brought up by somebody else. Um so how do you score time was kind of a big thing that came up. Um, because if your penalties, sometimes you can work through the penalties if you're just that fucking fast. Um, so we're going to reevaluate that. All right, day three, or day two of the actual scored portions, were all ranges. I was not at all of the ranges. Um, I ran one with Paul. And it was dubbed the uh, Chaos Dickerson Drill. Um, Brewer, Brewer was also running a lane. Corey was also running a lane. Uh, we had some Ranger guys out there that were running one out of the tower section over there. And then there was a sniper portion. I was not involved in both, most of those. Um... I know Corey's, pretty much Corey's Brewers and Paul's were pretty simple and straightforward. When you tried to explain to somebody that never seen it before, uh, obviously it's ob- easier to see those things executed, not just read to you. You're just like, oh, I'm not really sure. Um, a lot of those were for accuracy. There was like, hey, you got to be within the C box for this. You got to have a certain hit on steel from a certain distance away. Or you start docking time. Um, 
there was definitely less contention on day two. Um, it was more straightforward. It was just whatever your course of fire is. Pretty, pretty simple. Um, so I'll just go into detail with the stage that I was a part of with Paul. So chaos drill is just kind of a expanded El Presidente um, with some stressors thrown in there. So throw in a, um, I say, I always just say sandbag, but one of those, you know, one of the Gucci lifting bags, like brute force or whatever, and you put the sand in, it's got the handles, you can get it in red or khaki or whatever. Cool training tool, just, I'm a poor boy, so I don't have one. Um, so, toe to heads with those, uh, pretty much it's, it's a, it's a snatch. Like you pull the bag up, you put it over your head, slam it down. Um, so pretty much it's a way of like kind of getting a full body without doing a burpee. Cause you got all your kit on, um, do 10 of those, carry the bag, run up to where you're 10 yards away. So what was it? 35 yards away. Then you run up to the 10 meter. You're in the middle target of five. Uh, numbered one through five from left to right. Pretty much you do um, controlled pairs on every single one down the line and back. So maybe I made that sound too simple, but shooting on one, then go to target two, back to one, then to three, back to one, then to four, back to one, then to five, and then you work your way back down. Big part of that is not overshooting your target when you're moving, because um, some people they'll they'll kind of it's kind of like overcorrecting when you're driving. So you'll go past the target, then you gotta correct. So trying to avoid that. So you get done with that course of fire controlled pairs on all of those. They all have to be within the C box on targets that we had out there. We had a lot of uh, crate tactical targets. Um, you will see them all over the page crates stuff is, it's pretty fucking good. It's cool. Uh, Paul's going to buy a bunch of their shit. We use the, the, his stuff on all the ranges. Um, so there's your accuracy portion. And if you missed any of those, it was five seconds for each one out of the C box. All right. So 10 more reps with that damn sandbag. And then you got to carry it with you again down to uh, a marked cone that is 40 yards away from a steel target. And this, you got to hit it 10 times. So each one of these penalties, it was 10 seconds for misses. Um, and that was named after the kid. I can't remember what state it was in, but it was that kid that smoked that dude in the mall. You all know what I'm talking about. Um, so we did kind of combined old school and new school uh, range. And that's how Paul described it. Um, it was a good time. I mean, it's very, the, all the shooting is easily addressed. Um, one thing that did expose to a lot of teams is your transitions with your weapons. So obviously you need to get that rifle out of your way when you're moving that bag. Um, some people learned that the hard way, be it with their face to their buttstock or um, just getting their weapon unnecessarily dirty. Um, you know, 
muzz, muzzles in the dirt, that's kind of a no-no, but you got so many people running so many different types of kit and two-point slings and one-point slings, and some people have, uh, um, some people got cans, some people don't. Um, on the pistol, you got some people that have, you know, little Gucci red dots, some people don't, some people are shooting nine, some people are shooting 40, one dude was shooting 45, um, here's what I do know. The dude that was shooting 45 got 10 out of 10 with iron sights. So I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's one of those guys where if they made a 46, he, he would shoot a 46. So good for him. Um, fun drill. Everybody loved it. They're like, man, we're going to integrate that, you know, kind of in our regular training schedule. Um, it was fun. Um, the other stages were all pretty similar to that. You're moving transitions. Um, transitions cost people a lot of time. That was probably the biggest thing where it was just people just not <clears throat> being as fast and efficient with movement. Swim that rifle, get it out of the way. Transitioning to pistol. What are you going to do when you're carrying a bag? Are you going to put it on your back? Are you going to carry it? You're going to put it over one of your shoulders a lot of little stuff like that 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 time that time adds up um people don't really think about it um not a lot of gripes like i said for day 2 for live fire um even though it you know to some people it's like oh that's live fire that's more dangerous and blah 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 but it's almost like the dangerous stuff was easier um and then when you're doing the you know, like we, the stuff we did on the first day, um, people were getting really nitpicky with that and, um, how is graded or not graded. And we do take those complaints and put them into considerations and change, change some of these lanes. Um, cause we obviously don't want it to be a total suck fest. Um, you know, cause this isn't the fucking Navy SEALs, you know, um, want people to have a good time, but we also want them to be challenged and have their eyes opened and get get some competition going um because law enforcement is not good at that and anybody that listens to any of my episodes knows that i hit on that all the time um like i said greenville ultimately won um i i didn't see enough stages to kind of judge it on my own when I was there to be like, Oh yeah, they're obviously the best. Um, I know they smoked me on the O course. Uh, daddy was not in shape for that, but, um, like I said before, I know Georgia corrections definitely came in and shocked some people winning three stages. Uh, they won breaching. They won the sniper portion and the best medic portion. So they won three stages. Um, that is, that is significant for coming on your first time. You don't know any of these people. You don't know the site location. Um, great dudes. And they just found us by looking up competitions in Google. Um, it was really awesome. I I had some good conversations with them. I was like, Hey bro, all the people y'all interact with across the state, um, cause that's kind of a joint team. I mean, they work for the same department, obviously, but it's a statewide department. 
and all of them are across the state. They're not all like in Atlanta or all in Augusta or all in Columbus. They're scattered all over the state and maybe some of them get to train together um, once a month like, like most people do. Um, Anderson came third. Anderson is a very impressive team. It's a very impressive department. Um, they're growing. They're motivated. I was telling people, I was like, man, we're going through Academy. We like kind of made fun of them. Cause I mean, Anderson is, it was, you know, like most of South Carolina, the boondocks. Right. Um, but they're really close to Greenville. They're getting a lot of that spillover Greenville money. Um, like I said, motivated team, uh, motivated command staff that was on site. They brought the Bearcat. They had their drone. Um, they showing off a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. I don't care. The dudes were great. You can tell they have their support. Good for them. I would not be surprised if they win next year. Just by the attitude, the way they listen to everybody. They want to work with Valkyrie. They want to work with Paul. A lot of the dudes listen to the podcast. I don't even fucking know they listen to me. Like, I, And I find that out all the time. And be like, oh, yeah, I recognize your voice or whatever. Uh, so that's fucking awesome. That team's awesome. All the teams are awesome. Um, I don't have the exact win order in front of me. So if I mess this up, nobody judge me too bad. So G Vegas was one. Georgia was two. Um, Anderson was three. Who we got left here? Um, then it was North Metro for North Metro. Those are like the party boys. That's also a joint team, um, from different departments, but that's North Atlanta. Uh, so there's, there's money and support in North Atlanta. It's not like APD. Um, great dudes. A lot of them follow, you know, my page, they follow Valkyrie. Um, and again, they're, uh, those the, those are the party boys, but they're fast. They're fast on a lot of stages. That's I would not, I would not want to fuck around in North Atlanta. I'll put it that way. Um, Spartburg City was in the mix. They had some younger dudes, younger dudes on the team. Some of the dynamics had changed. You know, that's kind of the home team, or the unofficial home team, uh, kind of for Valkyrie and Thomas, and obviously uh, Brewer works over there currently um they got this they got, they got some stuff to figure out with um just coming together as a team practicing some of these team events um but but they'll get it uh again all these dudes are motivated all of them um their leadership is like yeah man we got stuff to practice on fucking cool um I know they did better in the sniper portion from what I gather. Um, they did about the same in the O course. Um, I think they're one of those teams that would benefit from doing some joint training and maybe getting somebody outside of the box, getting in there and helping them. Um, team di- There was some team dynamics. I saw some people arguing and stuff and, they might bitch at me offline about that, but hey, guys, I still love you. Um, we've worked with you all a good bit, and 
I, went, I even went to the academy with a couple of y'all's guys. So, and then Chester came in last, still looked good. Um, they, the way I described them, there was a lot of speed is not their friend, but if you get it in a brawl with those motherfuckers, be ready. Um, that's just kind of their personality. That's how, uh, Paul has made them. That's the way Paul teaches. So a lot of departments in our part of the state operate like that. Are they running fucking five Ks? Do they all look like fucking Matt best? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about y'all Greenville, pretty boys. You'll still fucking one though. Um, but Chester will beat your ass. They're really good at breaching. They're really good at CQB. Um, but just their their speed's not there. So there's a lot of events that did not benefit Chester. Um, but they can definitely execute when it comes to CQB, busting that fucking door down, taking care of their people, taking care of, you know, suspects or other people that are in that house um, and have good fundamentals. Um, and sometimes it's hard to see people's either like teamwork and fundamentals when, when they're put in some of these positions because they're in the, by these positions, I mean a, a competition, um, you know, do they, do they push themselves as hard as we are pushing them physically? I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, you can get tells with some and others you don't know. Um, are they nervous? Are they trying to change stuff? Uh, change tactics when they're there and just not doing their bread and butter. I don't know. I, I mean, it sounds like a fun conversation um, and kind of s- some possible self-reflection for some of those teams. Um, I mean, I'd be happy to have them with them. Some people aren't really that open. Um, but, I mean, everybody was talking to everybody. Um, everybody was helping everybody. Um, everybody said they were going to come back. Um, it was good all the way around smoother. There's still always stuff that comes up, um, with these competitions. Uh, you know, people are going to be late. And I'm talking about like for the, for the volunteers, for the cadre, for the teams, somebody's going to be late. Somebody's going to be hungover. Somebody's going to get hurt. Um, some of the stages aren't going to work out like you thought because you didn't have certain pieces of equipment. There might be certain different time restraints. You know, what if somebody got hurt out there and you had to stop the competition? Um, what is the weather going to be like? The weather was fucking beautiful, um, so it worked out. Um, that's really all I got. A little breakdown, little tweaks here and there. Um, I think lastly, what I'll end on, and I talked to some teams about this, but I didn't talk to everybody about it. And my, the last episode I did about networking, um, and most of the teams that come to this are pretty good about it. This is like their only networking event, you know, competition where they can see other teams and talk to other people. Um, what if every team was able to bring another team? 
And by bring them, I mean like recruit them. Be like, hey, man, we did this last year. We had a really good time. Um, met people from across the state. We met people in different states. Saw some different tactics. Saw some different gear. There was even conversations had about like how to pitch some of this training and to get more training and money and opportunities um, to your leadership. Um, you know, a lot of those single digit numbers, people a lot with some shiny on their collar. Um, there's a lot of conversations like that too. So what if a team could bring a team, recruit another team? Um, I know there wouldn't be enough room at the facility to house them with what they have, but that's a good problem, right? You'd want to have too many teams and not enough teams. Cause if we went back and say two of these teams didn't come, there was like only three or four teams when there was five the year before. Well, fuck, man. It kind of feels like you're stepping back, right? Um, obviously, there would be a cap for teams just because of the nature of the site and who you can fit in there. Um, but just the just the networking part. Hey, man, you should check this out. Um, and then also, what if every team brought in, recruited in, a sponsorship in some of these places, the local, you know, the counties and even stuff in the other state. And we had a, uh, you know, with Georgia, that is a state. I mean, that's a state, um, state entity, not a local entity. Um, what kind of relationships do they have with companies or their local FOP or their local sheriff's office foundation, anything along those lines. Anybody would come in and want to help because sometimes sponsorships, uh, sometimes they are just money. Sometimes you just need money. Um, sometimes you need a bunch of swag and a bunch of gear to um, give out to your cadre, to give out to the teams. Uh, some of those companies want to give away free shit to test it out in the field. Sometimes they'll give you stuff to use in the competition. Uh, not really smart, but hey, you're getting free shit. Um, so that's one thing I was hitting on with people was to, for this to get bigger and better, that's going to be needed. More teams from different parts of the country. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, there's, <clears throat> I believe we had somebody joking around about coming in from California and whooping everybody's ass and then taking the SC comp trophy to California. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy, but I mean, fuck, that's cool. Fucking bring it. Um, I mean, that's, that's hella networking right there. It's 3000 miles away. Um, that's kind of my biggest takeaway because logistically and getting everything lined up, like that's not like that hard. And then adapting certain things is not that hard. Um, but sometimes getting people to get out of their comfort zone, start networking, uh, you know, develop that camaraderie, developing relationships, getting sponsorships, challenging yourself, all that, that I, I think that that's on everybody. I think Greenville needs to put pressure on people to come to that event. I think that Chester should put pressure on the surrounding counties to come to that event. The sponsors 
I think they should also be pressured to bring other sponsors and other teams because all these companies work with other departments too. It's like, hey, man, we went to this competition. Good little comp. People from around the state even had an out-of-state team come in there and kick some ass. Really good networking opportunity, training opportunity. Um, And it's still monetarily a good deal. I mean, the price went up this year, but it's still $500. I say only $500 for a whole team for three days where you're getting two meals a day. Like you're really, it's really no expense besides travel. Most of these people don't eat breakfast. We don't do the breakfast. They're provided lunch and dinner. There's 48 beds at the sawmill. Uh, I mean, the weather was nice enough to where like, if you just had to sleep in a tent, put some big tents up, some people would be fine with that. There was some psychos there that were still working out in the morning before the comp started, which is basically a workout again. So I'm sure some of those apes would go, those cavemen would go sleep in a tent. No problem. Little stuff like that. I'm getting down a rabbit hole now, but that's my individual review. I'll have Thomas on here shortly. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get to talk to um, any of the teams or sponsors while while we were there. Uh, I mean, we're humping to make sure this thing works right, uh, works smoother. I think it did. Um, Maybe I can get with some teams after the fact um, and talk to them offline. Sometimes they'll think of some different things and... Uh, you know, multiple days after, I mean, hell, I almost didn't do this one today cause daddy's got to work this weekend and I'm exhausted from taking care of you guys that were there. Um, hope not, uh, too many feelings were hurt. If they're hurt, maybe, maybe we can learn how to toughen you up. Right. Uh, any gripes, complaints, uh, kudos, recommendations, Hit us up in the Instagram box. Hit up Valkyrie. Uh, hit up Sawmill. Um, we'll be happy to have a conversation with you. Uh, come out to you. Set up interviews with people. Whatever you want to do. We're freaking down for it. It was a great comp. Um, there will be a more in-depth review with Thomas very shortly. I don't want to promise that that's going to be the next Thursday episode. Um, it should be, but if it's not, don't hold it against me till next time, guys.